welcome to Crafts and Crime. I'm Amy. I'm Elaine. And as always, we have a craft and a crime. We sure do. So life's been a little crazy lately. A lot going on. Yeah, I'm tired too. It's hot. It is. <laughs> We're having this weird like heat the calm wave. before the storm i know literally yeah it is what they're calling storm. an atmospheric river is what we're getting yeah and so <laughs> we are recording this the day before it comes yeah we're talking in real time pretty yeah. much right now so this is yesterday for yeah, you yeah <laughs> for you guys who listen on tuesdays <laughs> oops but um yeah we'll t- kind of talk what happened but um no, it's been real weird weather. It got like really cold and then really warm. And I'm currently working on a temperature blanket, um, crocheting that, which is you crochet a row for <laughs> oh, yeah. the high. I'm doing the high temperature of the day every day. And so since it's a leap year, there's going to be 366 rows. And so it's about an arm span uh, width, like and then the length is going to be like really tall. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's crazy because the colors just go like, all, like all yeah. over the place and um, especially if we have a summer like last year where it was like so oh cold God. and wet and rainy for like all of june yeah yeah it but weird. it's just been weird weather so it's really hot yesterday and today I currently have my air on and then oh, yeah it's like yeah it got really hot yesterday and i was working on a laundry order so i was like sweating oh, i was no, like i gotta close humid. up the house and my laundry room gets so humid that mm-hmm. i did like if i'm washing towels it's the only time that i'll use like hot hot yeah it was like cats pee don't oh i know (laughs) yeah and so uh, it's and then we had an earthquake last week another one (laughs) yeah and they're calling it them four shocks because they were both like Mm 4.2 or something like that yeah instead of after shocks it's the before shocks before shocks so like (laughs) you know the thing is living anywhere on the west coast really but especially in california for people that you know we have listeners all over uh-huh. we live directly on what's called a fault line which mm-hmm. is the big crack that rubs together during we live on the san andreas fault literally line. on it yeah on so it. there's been horror movies where <laughs> we fall off into the ocean yeah and so like earthquakes are really like we feel them even when they're little we uh-huh. feel them and so you know our entire life not me because i gr- didn't grow up mm-hmm. grew up down here, <laughs> you grew up here but you grew up down yes. here it's like the big one the big one the yeah, big one forever. i was literally talking to the girl about this um <laughs> with uh earthquake drills we used to have earthquake yeah. drills in school kind of like fire drills i did too even though we were never well, got earthquakes every once in a while in oregon but not when early. i was when i lived there we had one that was even like like feelable <laughs> but i was asleep I, I said that i mentioned that last uh-huh. time and i fell out of my bed yeah it was pretty forceful mm-hmm. but i was only like three so i don't actually remember i just wake, remember waking up under the bed yeah and then um maybe i did my fire drill in my sleep yeah. from preschool <laughs> but yeah so at, after that i seriously cannot even think of one that i felt but they yeah. prepared us still yeah we had um earthquake drills where we would have to I go out, you know we'd have to go under our desk and then go outside and then at the beginning of the school year one of like the back to school packets would detail your earthquake bag and it was literally just like a ziploc bag with snacks like non-perishable <laughs> snacks okay. so like in case you uh, in case food. yeah in oh, case we had no. to like shelter at the school yeah. or whatever so we had some snacks so it was always like the little cheesy cracker you know the the crackers with the cheese in the middle Were you literally the... always supposed to have extra snacks on you no it what? was in the classroom oh, so it was like okay. in a bin in the classroom uh-huh. and so if a big earthquake happened and we had to stay in our classroom to stay safe <laughs> then and 
kids get hungry. Was it your own or did everyone contribute? Yeah. So we had a name (laughs) on it. So everyone has a name on it. And Uh it was always like a juice box and like just snacks. Like, you know, that not like an apple that's going to go bad, but it was Mm -hmm. like store-bought snacks. And yeah. And so it was a Ziploc with your name on it. And the teacher had the bin. And so if the big one happened at school and we had to stay in class and yeah, she, right? kids get hungry, here's your snack bag. <laughs> and, really but it was so funny. fun because the last day of school, we got to take our snack bag home and eat it. Yay! <laughs> and it was always the best snacks. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, I was saving these in case of emergency. Yeah. So yeah, this last one, I got on video again and Shannon was busting up laughing. She was like, you were so unfazed. You like, really were. Yeah. You were like, <laughs> I watched you. You're like, pop. Yeah, uh-huh. I was. No, you no, no. turn your head and you're like, oh, yeah, pop. Yeah, I started to open a bottle of wine. So it was like I had it on the counter and then it was like I I had it turn halfway up. Yeah. And then it rumble, I froze rumble, rumble. and it was like rumble, rumble. Huh. And then I was like, OK. And I finished yep. opening it and then I laughed because Lincoln ran out of his room and he yeah. was like, I'm getting out of here. Yes, yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like, what the heck was that? And so I was laughing. I'm like, that's an earthquake. It's just so weird because like. <laughs> It's really funny how we're just like, you hold still and wait to see how yeah. bad it's going to get before you decide to run. Yeah. But the kids haven't figured that out yet no. because it's startling. Mm-hmm. And when we used to live at the apartment, it was because we literally, our apartment was right by a freeway overpass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's in a freeway. So mm-hmm. we lived right next to the overpass and then below was the freeway. And mm-hmm. so... Um, when earthquakes would happen, we were always like, is that a semi-truck? Because yeah. sometimes <laughs> yeah. a really big semi-truck would come mm-hmm. by and it would rumble the house or the windows. It wasn't that often, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. It was actually really calm and quiet there. But yeah, we're like, is that a, is that a semi? And you hold still and you yeah. wait. Like, how bad is it going to be? And it sucks because it could really happen. They yeah. are saying it could really happen. I know. And that kind of sucks. I moved some things. Um, I had my temperature, the, what's that called? The barometer. Yeah, barometer. And then, no, 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 the barometer. <laughs> and then the temperature thingy with the floaties. What's that called? Oh. Uh, the temperature thing. Oh, that we're, it's I don't in the, know. It's like a. Because I thought it measured barometric pressure. That's but it's a temperature. Thermometer. It's a thermometer oh. thingy. Yeah, I don't and, know the um, fancy name. Yeah, oh he's. Oh my gosh. My Calvin. <laughs> he's I thought he was looking at a bug or something and then I was like oh nope he's turned down that's why it was crooked the other day what a little turn yeah. getting my no, I don't know the name of that fancy yeah I moved him away from on top of the um my china cabinet down mm-hmm. like into the window <laughs> I need to move Shelub oh and yeah. I'm not sure where I'm gonna put her I think I'm just gonna pick her up and I'm gonna put her that's my tarantula in case anybody yeah she's really 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 up high because Binks our cat will get her anywhere uh-huh. he's already knocked over yes because he but it wasn't because it was her he was trying to hop out of the kitchen window and this time i had moved her to the yeah my tarantula no, was in the then kitchen that one time he was trying to get up on the fridge because that's that where you time, put the mouse yeah for the snake yes and so he's also completely almost knocked it over because mm-hmm. of trying to get in the window so yeah, yeah he wasn't trying taped to close yeah i taped it shut just in case that happens mm-hmm. so she can't get out but like that could kill her so they're yeah. so fragile and so um right now she's at the very top of a bookshelf what if you do that museum gel well i have thought about it but um at the same time if it's really bad the whole thing might fall over i don't oh i don't anchor my bookshelves because i don't have babies so i I never do i anchor everything (laughs) because i have kids that climb things yeah so i'm thinking i'm probably going to pick her up and move her into the craft room Mm. into the craft closet on the floor Oh, yeah. For right now. Yeah. Cause you could I mean, she there. could honestly just live in there. Yeah. It's, she doesn't need hmm. like, but I need to move her out of the way because, um, yeah, she's too up high. I yeah. think, I think probably what she'll end up 
where she'll end up going is in one of the little cubbies in the craft room. But I have to empty one out pretty much just for her. Yeah. Yeah. I I started cleaning and organizing stuff. And so that was like I had clear space to move some stuff that I'm afraid is going to fall. Like yeah. I don't have animals that I'm afraid are going to Well, Phyllis, I don't know. Eh, she'll just slosh around is what I'll I know. And that was another thing in the video because she's in our kitchen, um, my <laughs> turtle. And she was on the basking dock. And then the earthquake happened and she like swam down all Aww. freaked out. She's like, what was that? <laughs> Poor thing. She's yeah. Like, well, the thing is, yeah. is her being in the water that absorbs all the force. Yeah. And so you'll probably, if there is a really big earthquake, more than likely what will end up happening is it'll just slosh everywhere. Yeah. I don't Ugh. think, because she's so heavy, I don't think it would, I would fall off not. the stand. I don't Jeez, think so. Sorry if you hear my children in the background. <laughs> it's It's been a day. It's been a day. <laughs> I struggled. So the reason being we're recording late is I am also, well, like you before, I am adjusting to medication. <laughs> so new medication. So um, it kind of hit me hard after about two weeks in. And um, so I was not feeling good on Friday at all. And then oh, I ate that stew and I thought I was going to get sick. And yeah. so I think it was just the perfect storm on Friday. And I was like, I can't. And then Saturday was Avery's birthday. Mm-hmm. She turned 12. And so the girls, she did a skating rink um, <laughs> birthday party. And so they went roller skating and she requested sushi. So I had to make sushi and not just any sushi. She wanted tempura fried shrimp and sushi. So <laughs> I had to fry, I think I fried four pounds of shrimp because mm-hmm. there was a lot of people you know and then the girls man they ate till they were like stuffed Laura couldn't eat anymore and Jack ate the rest of hers and we were just stuffed but yeah and then yeah I was a little off today so yeah I'm like it's so funny I was like I texted you earlier and I was like I'm okay I'm just bitchy yeah (laughs) just everybody's a little moody today yeah and it's hot and I think it's not helping yeah like I'm hot a, and uncomfortable. A general transition of heat is one thing, but like immediately is, from like super cold. Yeah, and it was chilly and overcast in, in the sixties. And then yeah, we got yeah. a decent break and then now it's like seventy six right now. <laughs> yeah. I think it's supposed our high is supposed to be seventy eight today. And so it's supposed to be <laughs> hotter tomorrow. Oh. But then it's gonna but rain it's for gonna rain nine on, days. Yeah, then it's gonna rain on Thursday. <laughs> and then so that's so not weird. even exciting either because that's too much. I know. Then my I'm chicken good for like muddy. <laughs> I know. And then the rabbits are covered, but we have to go and pop the water off of yeah. the cover because it gets weighed down and it's falling apart. It sucks. Like the the wind that we've been getting, which mm-hmm. is like, I mean, it's normally windy here, but it's been like freakishly windy. Yeah. Keeps ripping the grommets out of the tarps covering yeah. the chickens and um, not and rip and popping the zip ties. Yeah. And it's just it's so annoying. I know it's uh, it sucks when you have animals outside like chickens and then I have rabbits and then I lost a rabbit today he died and don't know why he was the white one right yes <laughs> and um he was my Holland my last Holland lop that I had and um so I don't know it's it could have been it's rapid transition to the heat mm. but then when I went out there I did notice um Miss Frizzle was like underneath the rabbit cages and then she like came out and I'm like what is she doing? Is she hiding eggs? I don't oh no. I hope not. That would be gross. She probably is. (sighs) But yeah but I did notice two brown recluse spiders over there so I told Jackie needs to kill those today. They were like on the legs of the the rabbit hutch. So I'm like oh no but yeah so anyways rambling about. Their fur is so thick it would seem strange that a rabbit 
a rabbit could even get bit by i mean obviously in of their course ear? they could but yeah i guess so I don't well, know. like on their face yeah i have no sad. idea but yeah so we're the dealing with the spiders lot, yeah. were insane because of our insane weather last mm-hmm. year i've never i think we talked about this before too mm-hmm. like our our garage was like infested with brown widows the side of the house yeah. was infested by black widows uh, i've never seen so many like house spiders it's just crazy and so i'm happy because the chickens are free-ranging a ton mm-hmm. but i'm like oh my god they're gonna they're eating all you know they eat all yeah. all the nasty bugs and stuff and so it really helps keep it down for the spring season because for us that is literally like we start planting the first week of february yeah which oh i need to do that too and i'm like i'm so behind i don't know what i'm gonna do i think i'm just gonna get that super ugly construction fencing oh my god he's so cute you know the little he's plastic pretty. like holy it's yeah, like it has yeah, the holes. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah I know. My dad always got it and trellis cucumbers on it when I was a kid, but mm. they make it in like green now. Mm-hmm. And they have those bamboo poles. I'm just going to make like a bamboo pole fence with that ugly crap yeah. around my flower bed. Oh, yeah, that'll work. Just to establish my wildflowers. It's, I always yeah. do them right there. That's my plan is that one's always going to be. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm going to end up having to do that on the other side too for, I don't know, that's a chicken poop corner. I think I pretty much just made <laughs> that know. like the chicken We're in poop. spring mode. Well, yep. not really. We're but getting I'm getting there because I'm thinking about like my, oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. ASMR. Like, you yeah, can ASMR. totally hear it. Yeah. Oh, Kelvin. <laughs> I just snorted. <laughs> He's like, this is Calvin. He made a photo appearance in yes. the friendship bracelet yeah. post. Which I found mine, everybody, by the way. I'm not a total oh, piece of shit. Oh, I was going to ask you about yeah, that. It okay. was funny. The, it was um, on my entertainment center by my candles. So okay. I think what yeah. happened was I had come home from Christmas with yeah. it on my wrist, went to go light the candle, and it started falling off because I can't yeah, tie yeah. it by myself. Okay, we'll tie him today. <laughs> okay. We'll tie him today. Now, that now you know. I'm like, did I leave it there, though? Now I'm like, where did I put it? I'm like, I moved mine into my jewelry drawer. I don't know. The cats are going to eat it if I don't um, move it. I don't know. Okay, well, after 14 minutes of rambling, we might as well get to the whole point of the the show is, Calvin, don't, sorry, it's chaotic (laughs) today, is um, the craft, and that is me. Yay! So I um, am taking it back to food, Mm -hmm. um, and I am, (laughs) actually, this would be more appropriate, I guess, for you to do, but I'm doing masa. Because I think oh. you can say more of these words than I can <laughs> in the proper way. I do not have any um, Mexican nationality or anything in me. Um, but my husband and obviously you do. <laughs> so um, masa is, as we know, dough in Spanish. And it's made from corn that has been nixtamalized. Nixtamalized. I don't know that, but I'm guessing powdered. <laughs> yeah, so it's a process, no, that actually involves cooking and soaking oh, okay. um, the kernels in an alkaline solution. Uh-huh. It's usually like lime or ash. Yep. And so Food this. Food grade lime yes, is lime. weird. Well, lime. It's, um, lime. Sorry, what is that? There's, um, you soak food grade lye mm-hmm. in green olives oh it's weird the fact that there's a lye that is food grade sorry yeah detracting but that's so strange to me yeah that that yeah oh. so it's um yeah it's mm-hmm. lime or ash and mm-hmm. so it softens the corn to make it easier to like grind up but it 
actually enhances nutritional value, flavor, and aroma. So there's Very a reason for it, too. That's cool. So it was developed by the indigenous peoples of Mesoamerica, mm-hmm. who they discovered that this method, like, unlocked amino acids and niacin in the corn. Oh, yum. Um, and this prevented diseases like pellagra. I hope I'm saying that right. And that is just a disease like from the lack of niacin, which is oh. B3. So, so like instead of like scurvy from yes. what vitamin, uh, vitamin C, C and rickets is from calcium, I think, I think or so. vitamin D and calcium. Yeah. So, so that this one is, is from, say that again, just niacin? Um, yeah, niacin. Uh, so it's called pellagra, P-E-L-L-A-G-R-A. Interesting. And it, ever heard it's that. a disease from lack of niacin. Gotcha. So, you know, that's why, like, you know, I take a B complex vitamin because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people can be. I do too. Yeah. A B12, huge one. B3. And yeah. then your P is like neon, neon yellow. yellow. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> so, um, the earliest evidence of nixtamalization, okay. that process, well, I'll just start saying this process, okay. dates back to around 1500 BC to 1200 BC in Guatemala. And archaeologists actually found traces of lime and cornstarch <laughs> on pottery oh, fun. from this time period. Yeah. So from there, the technique spread through the region and it became a staple food of the Maya, Aztec and other civilizations that relied mm-hmm. on corn as the main source for their calories. Yeah. Um, so masa, you know, can you can make a bunch of stuff. I think of it like you know, in tamales, <laughs> like when we made it. Um, but you could also make uh, tortillas. Um, what is this? A-T-O-L-E? Atoll? I don't know. It was in the list of foods oh. that you can make with masa. Well, you got to remember, like, I didn't really, we didn't really eat yeah. that much. Even grandma didn't cook a ton of Hispanic food growing yeah. up. So but like, yeah, you can make that. more than just tamales. So yeah. that's the point. <laughs> uh, champurrado is a Mexican drink with corn in it oh. with masa powder. Yeah. It's chocolate. Uh-huh. Oh. It's, it's a breakfast. It's a breakfast so drink. Gross. I'm think like, of like, it's, it, think of like, um, it's, it's thick, but not like you would think because it's not it's, like, that's I'm just picturing like cream of wheat. <laughs> thinner, <laughs> thinner, but yes. Like but liquidy it, cream of wheat. But not chunky because oh. it's like a powder. Your mouth oh, okay. has a powder. So yeah, yeah. it's a breakfast drink because it's a thick, rich That's drink. Weird. Yep. And it's chocolate. And I think it has a little vanilla and cinnamon. Mm. We'll have it. It's a Christmas. I'll make it at Christmas. Okay. That's a while from now. I will try it. Your thick chocolate <laughs> breakfast Ew. corn. Okay. Don't say that when you give it thick to me. chocolate breakfast corn. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, so, so we think of masa as food, but it's not just, it is food, but it's not just food. It's a symbol for a lot of cultures of um, their identity, resistance, and creativity. Mm-hmm. And for um, the indigenous people of Mesoamerica, masa was actually a sacred substance. Nice. Considered a gift from the gods that re- <laughs> represented life and substance. Sustenance. So... I mean, you think they survive on corn, and so this is a way to, like, adapt the corn so you're not mm-hmm. just eating just corn. Um, so the Aztecs used masa as a form of tribute, payment, and currency, and also as a medium for writing and art, oh. which I was like, just hard masa? Like, you just dry it out, I guess? You could probably totally use it. Or, like, carve well, into it. We use cornstarch for glue. I'm yeah. sure you could do, like, a clay of some kind, mm-hmm. maybe. Like, you know when we do salt dough, like, as a kid? Yes. <laughs> That's probably the same thing. Oh, my God. So. I used to, I made this little salt dough teddy bear, and then I would, like, lick it. <laughs> I was like, what? I did, too. <laughs> I, like, what? I 
salt to, like the salt though because if you the don't salty yes. dough. yeah <laughs> you're not thinking how gross that is it's just salt <laughs> we're putting all our bacteria from our mouth on our play-doh like, <laughs> on our christmas ornaments on the so tree gr- the little yep. salt ornament. <laughs> <laughs> like a horse so. we're like horses <laughs> you know get the salt like <laughs> Oh man, oh, we are yeah. off today. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm picturing it like yeah, hardened or something. So maybe they like as it was soft rode into. I didn't really look into that uh, very much, but yeah. So um, it uh, masa is also a tool for survival and adaptation as the indigenous peoples like um, resisted colonization mm-hmm. and when the Spanish came in and they try, you know, the Spanish comes in and like here's this food you should eat and stuff, but mm-hmm. they were like this is our food this is our identity it's part of our culture and so they use that to like push back you know resist the colonization um from the spanish and so for a lot masa is a way of preserving their cultural identity like i said it's Mm -hmm. just um yeah and as time goes on you know they obviously experiment with ingredients and techniques but um so anyways today we you know still eat masa i know um we do every year because we always eat tamales and throughout the year (laughs) jack's dad will go to i don't know what place it is but um, it's a female's name right yeah everybody talks i can never remember the name either and he'll go and get like bags of tamales they're so good and we'll have that for lunch yummy so um anyways it's still um a vital part in Latin American cuisine and culture. Mm-hmm. It's gone past borders and influenced other uh, cuisines around the world. So it's also the base of dishes in um, Central and South America. Mm-hmm. And it's traveled to other parts of the world, such as the U.S., <laughs> where it inspired new dishes such as Tex-Mex, <laughs> Southwestern, and Californian. So it's, so it's in all of these cuisines. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's also a source of income for small scale farmers, Mm -hmm. um, millers and tortilla makers who they still do the traditional method, um, and use the varieties of corn that they would back then. Like, so it's not just your basic corn that you're thinking of. It's It's not like like crazy GMO corn. No, it's it's, like an heirloom from South America that grew there Mm -hmm. indigenously. And so there's a lot of people that it's just part of their culture. And so they Mm -hmm. keep it the... Yeah. You know, the, the way it's supposed to be. It never occurred to me that during colonization, they'd be like, you can't eat that garbage. But yeah. it would make it, sense. It's because like, they why want are you to, eating that? You need because to they want this. to change them mm-hmm. from who they are to what they want them to be. Mm-hmm. Which so, I'm like, the Spanish people eat the same food. I know. Just not corn tortillas. But like, it's all yeah, very not a lot of masa, flavors but, and fish. Yeah. And- so I think maybe it was the <laughs> technique that was used. Yeah. But yeah, so it is very a very cultural food. But now... To the crafty part, I will teach you how to make it Yay. the old school way. Yay. So it requires a lot of time and patience <laughs> um, since you need to like soak the corn and then get it into a dough form. And so anyways, you're going to need to um, have like a grinder, which I have like a mortar and pestle, but not that kind of grinder. Mm-hmm. Like you need a big skill grinder mm-hmm. and or you could just use a food processor um, because you need to grind it down into like fine powder. Because I have a bag of that masa um, powder stuff that... Um, Sorry. I mean, nobody can see, but I'm looking at Amy for some reason. I was like rubbing my chin. 
I'm telling you, we are awesome. And I was just looking at you with my mouth open. I'm like, <laughs> like what, what are you is doing? happening? I thought you were signaling me for no. something. So I'm like, I heard my no, door. I'm just dumb. <laughs> I'm just sitting here like, slack okay. You're just ready for some tamales. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Okay. So here's the ingredients you need. You need two <clears throat> cups. So this is like if you're getting specific. I found a recipe. Okay. So you need two cups of dried yellow dent corn. And you can find this at Latin markets or like online. Mm-hmm. Uh, one tablespoon of pickling lime oh. and eight cups of water. Nice. Two teaspoons of olive oil if you're using a food processor. Okay. And a teaspoon of salt. So first you need to rinse the corn in cold water. Remove like any stones just like you do with beans or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then you need to make the alkaline solution that will do that process with the corn the word i can't say nixtalization nixtalization yeah nixtalization that yeah. sounds right so this you know as we said it softens the corn kernels and, and adds, it like puffs it up makes yeah it and it adds nutrition as we know that's so crazy it is really weird maybe but. it's because it preserves it i'm guessing so it preserves it enough to keep the cellular structure mm-hmm. when you break it apart i and think cook so it, i'm guessing maybe because i'm like i don't see how that would add more vitamins right but it seems it like it would bleach it out or something like yeah like uh, like harder. <laughs> caustically change uh, yeah. it and ruin but it, it just adds nutritional value that's cool to it. so to make this solution you bring <laughs> your eight cups of water mm-hmm. to a boil in a non-reactive pot so mm-hmm. not uh you need something like a stainless steel pot okay um you stir in the pickling it's lime. like making hair dye <laughs> yeah so you you add in um the pickling lime uh-huh. until it's dissolved and then you lower or you add the corn and then bring that to a boil and then lower the heat okay so you want it to be at a gentle simmer cook mm-hmm. for about 30 minutes until the outer layer of the corn is slightly cooked but the inner core is still dry mm-hmm. then you turn off the heat and let the corn sit in that liquid covered at room temperature for 12 hours okay this is when it'll so like do it all at night absorb. and get ready for the morning. Yes. So literally the next day you yeah. can drain all the corn and you toss out the liquid. You don't need mm-hmm. that anymore. Then you rinse the corn under water and you rub the kernels between your fingers uh-huh. and like to remove the slimy outer side out. It creates like a slimy outer coating. Okay. So you're just getting that off. Uh-huh. Um, just so it's not slippery and nasty gooey. Um, and then you're ready to grind it into dough. And so you can use a traditional stone grinding tool or a metal mill, but we don't have that in our kitchen. So you just would use a fruit, a food processor. Yeah. So this just means you need to cook and soak the corn a bit longer. So if you're using, a, um, you know, the um, food processor, <laughs> everything you're going to need to like add an extra 15 minutes to the boiling and all of that. So you just need to add more time. Um, and then you need to add olive oil to the corn to help it form a smooth dough in mm-hmm. the food processor. So you add it in, grind it up, and you can work in batches because that's a lot of corn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it'll form a thick paste. And then you transfer this ground corn to a large bowl and then add in salt and knead the dough with your hands until it's small and uniform. That is it. Mm. And so it should be moist but not sticky. <laughs> So, like, not where it's, like, all coated onto your hands. Mm -hmm. But then I think of, like, you know, we get masa straight from the store. 
from a, a Hispanic, Hispanic market. Hispanic market, yes. <laughs> and so we know the consistency. Right. Um, but it does already but, have lard added to yes. it. But not a lot. And it's we added very, more lard. Yeah. Yeah. Because so it was really dry. Lard instead of oil. They definitely, the way that they make it in a grocery store when you buy it... Um, is, have you seen uh, them in the big mixers? Yes. They're huge. Yeah. And, and so it's like they, it's pretty much like we give it like a super basic lard and salt and yeah. then we adjust it. Yeah. So it's it's a really interesting. It, yeah. Because yeah, really I think instead of oil, they just add lard mm-hmm. as that fat. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, the oily part. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. So they are not adding olive oil They probably or made the lard in You can the buy store. it in a bucket. <laughs> yeah. I've looked because I was like, oh, I want to yeah. buy it in a bucket mm-hmm. to fry my chicken and stuff in. Heck yeah. Side but note, it doesn't go rancid. No, it does not. It's so interesting. It always stays soft. And yeah. So I do know the traditional... Uh, if you don't, so like it's a it's a huge mortar and pestle, and it's mm-hmm. called a molcajete. Yeah, see that's the word I couldn't and say, so I didn't say. So it. basically, if if you if people know what um, the mortar and pestle is, just make it way bigger. Mm-hmm. But it's made out of a solid piece of lava rock, and they're mm-hmm. really expensive because mm-hmm. I want one, and they're really expensive. Yeah. And my mom told me the way that you clean it out when you're done. Um, is it salt? With it's salt or rice. Oh, rice. So that's when you're going to clean it out. That's I think right. You can use the salt too, like yeah. cast iron. Rice. But that's it's got to it get, it's we've like, done that. yeah. So you grind the rice in. I'm mm-hmm. sure you could probably do like rice flour, but the point is mm-hmm. to like scrip. I'm telling you, but I'm like, like you know, a texture it's to scrub is it to scrub out, it. Yeah. To scrub out some of the old flavors. But I was yeah. just thinking salt because that's how you clean it would cast make iron. Sense. I mean, I'm sure it would. I'm yeah. sure they went through all of it. I think just it's like that's what yeah, my mom probably is what my family did. I'm yeah. not sure, but yeah. Yeah. And they're really sense. cute and I like them. And uh, like <laughs> if you go, oh my God. Okay. So if you go to a Mexican restaurant, you see mm-hmm. a teeny tiny little plastic bowl that has three legs on it and mm-hmm. looks like an udder. Yep. That's a baby molcajete. It's just mm-hmm. a plastic one, but they make them <laughs> tiny. Like uh-huh. a, little, like a know, mortar they, and pestle. Yeah, exactly. But um, like it's traditional for um, them to be like pretty big. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because it's a solid um a piece of lava rock that makes it so porous and grindy um they're like 56 dollars for a small yeah, one yeah <laughs> i know like but that's a small one i was looking at like the big tamale pots they have them <sighs> we just need to go to at, um, Gardenas. yeah and buy a three foot long chicharrone <sighs> that still has hair on it <sighs> i know kurt I don't hates like those. that part <laughs> i do occasionally but the ones i really like are the ones that um uh randy brought them over uh for the guys and then we just keep buying them but they're so expensive it's like $18 a pound and they're like the full um crackling that has like a half inch whoa my stomach made a weird (laughs) sound it's like a half inch of um back fat yeah (laughs) it's like it carnitas I don't know it's like meat there's still meat on it it. and it's so greasy and amazing they love it but they're expensive so my gut hates it yeah. Yay, corn. So, yeah, corn. <laughs> Sorry, we just Masa, went on a hilarious Mexican food journey. Yeah. So I thought it was kind of interesting. I don't know why I was thinking about masa. It like popped Probably in my head. Probably because we didn't make tamales this year I like know. we were supposed to. I still have tamales in my freezer from last year, but I, I think they're do. all the dessert ones. Um, so we don't need to make yeah, those no. next year or this year. I'm like, it's Mike Kelvin now. Yeah. Gosh. Let's do Easter tamales. <laughs> Easter tamales. Yeah. Yeah. Calvin's oh my goodness gracious okay okay so ready to bring us on down yeah um <laughs> yeah, yeah for me. sure i'm ready <laughs> so this one it's funny because when i was talking about my last 
crime case was dirty body brokers and i was Mm -hmm. like there could totally be a part two to this and i was kind of mentioning like i could totally do another part two but this time what i did instead is i it's still dirty body brokers part two okay but these are dirty they're called addiction advocates okay i so this is um unfortunately all of these that I have I'm covering is from down here, like in California, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we don't ever get political on here. This is just like what the fact is, mm-hmm. is that um, when President Obama signed in the Affordable Care Act in March um, of 2010, it was, um, you know, for people that don't live in the United States, it was a huge 13,000 page document then it's how they tried to reform our health care and you know that's its own whole thing but one mm-hmm. of the one of the provisions i suppose in that was that um our health insurance has to pay for uh, recovery mm-hmm. um and inpatient outpatient detox it has to pay for it mm-hmm. um because especially here in the state of california um because the reality is if even if they have to send them through treatment five times, the if they can get clean, then mm-hmm. they um are less of a I don't not a burden. That's a terrible word. Um, it's less that insurance is going to have to yeah. keep paying out to keep continuously taking care of them. So mm-hmm. they do this, and it has relieved a lot of burden on families, which is great. Mm-hmm. But what has come out of it is this disgusting practice, mm-hmm. and it's. As if, you know, dead bodies are bad enough, but these are living people. Yeah. These are alive, sick people that need help and their families. Technically, their families are not being taken advantage of because their insurance is paying for it. Yeah. But we're being taken advantage of as the people that pay for it because. um, And insurance payers. Exactly. It's just unbelievable. So these addiction advocates are um, people that will go and help find recovery companies patients okay to be put through detox to be put to get them help to get them Mm -hmm. treatment and they end up getting a kickback about 500 to a thousand dollars for every person that they bring in aka this body brokering Mm -hmm. one of the issues just like the uh body donations in my last body brokering Uh (laughs) was the regulations didn't change. The law changed, but regulations did not. So what families didn't know is that all of these new treatment centers popped up overnight. We're yeah. talking 2011. There was a boom of them, especially here in California. Uh-huh. And so families would get these beautiful like brochures it looked like and it's crazy because i've also never seen so many residential treatment facility commercials oh really i see them on youtube i've seen a lot too yeah so it makes sense now so these beautiful facilities are showing up and they're amazing but the problem is many of these staff centers end up being full of staff members that are completely addicted to drugs themselves oh yeah there's lying hipaa violations Mm -hmm. misconduct and actually zero treatment of these patients yeah i bet because nobody knows what they're doing (laughs) and there are so many um treatment uh, programs that can be made from insurance so what people think they think of rehab 
they don't from mental health care facilities to mm-hmm. um, drug addiction. These places are so much more than that. First, there's detox. Then there's uh-huh. inpatient. There's mm-hmm. intensive outpatient, which would be therapy like every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Um and then after that, there's recovery support. And then it moves on to halfway houses and sober uh-huh. living. Those are all paid for through your insurance. Uh-huh. There are so many avenues that this yeah. keeps happening. And just like the body part brokering, mm-hmm. you and I could rent this house out as a sober living. Zero experience. Yeah. Zero nursing. Two houses down from you. Yep. From... um. My grandma's house, one of my friends that lived across the street from her when I would come here and visit, that house turned into a sober living yeah. facility. And it seemed pretty nice. It actually did. Most of the yeah, people seemed like, one, okay. Yeah, this one we but... had issues with yeah. um, because it, it was a house halfway house. for rent now always? I, I think so, yeah. Um, I, they had too many problems and mm-hmm. it was like a halfway house, but they didn't like enforce anything. And This so, is what we're talking about. Yeah. And they, so, the owners of these places are literally people like me and you and uh-huh. they're getting paid so much much money and they're just to provide a roof over their head and they basically. don't enforce them to go to probation meetings like they're supposed to mm-hmm. to go to therapy like or they're to stay supposed sober to. exactly because that was the problem is really we had sad. one guy we called the wheelchair guy because uh-huh. he would just like roll around in his wheelchair uh-huh. with a big giant brown bag talking to himself oh in the gosh. street in the street and he would just and he like went back to his halfway house and then yeah just like rolled himself down back home it's really, really sad and unfortunate. And mm-hmm. you don't have to have any kind of business experience. You don't have to have any kind of medical training. That's crazy. There's nothing for the licensing to do this. There's no half of these. One of the some of these, like I can't even get into how many there are. That's mm-hmm. the sad part. And then a lot of these like interviews I was reading, they're like undercover workers and mm-hmm. things like that. But what ends up happening is that a lot of these centers are run by ex-addicts that just get out of prison and start a facility up to make money they don't they're not helping anybody and they're not helping themselves and it's really really sad because it was so easy for them to scam the system that makes sense because it's almost like you created like this situation was created where there weren't enough regulations or rules put in place so that people could take advantage of it as Mm -hmm. super easy and i guarantee Mm -hmm. you that's what the oh, case I'm was sure. and then it probably got shut down or there were like had yeah. too many issues yeah the state of california it's a great place and it's also so lenient sometimes yeah. that it it they're they want to help so much and then this did for a lot of people and then this is what happens if there's a loophole that people can exploit they yep. will yeah the moment. especially if there's money to be made exactly it's, so that's, there's a incentive gross. yeah it is okay so we are starting with a case unfortunately these are all mm. here and they're all in california oh of course um we're starting with dr rosen his name is um randy rosen and okay. his wife uh they owned a 3.3 million dollar home in oh. beverly hills and okay. he owned a surgical center called wellness wave Mm-hmm. And his wife owned a toxicology lab called Lotus Laboratories. Obviously, they were very successful. Uh-huh. And um, what ended up happening is, it, sorry, it's crazy to me. These are never investigated by police. It always starts with people like you and me. Yeah. It starts with a parent. It's it probably starts with a family with, member or something. It's crazy. So they ended up 
digging up. This man made $52 million in profits from billing $670 million to insurance companies. What? You know, doctors profit. This is a normal practice, Uh but this is not what everyone is doing. So what he had, um, we will get into like the details of the people that said this, but this is how I'm like, it was crazy. Uh So he would have these body brokers go and find addicts literally anywhere. Mm -hmm. They would hit up Alcoholics Anonymous meetings and hide in the back. They would hit up Narcotics Anonymous meetings and hide in the back. And most of them were current drug addicts as well. So they were like, oh, I'm here. Hey, do you um, want to go to this doctor? Because one of the things that started with the Affordable Care Act was that if you, everyone who had a drug and alcohol problem could be immediately approved for a drug called naltrexone. Mm -hmm. And you can get it as a little plastic implant. It's an intramuscular implant. And um, at the time of when these articles had, when this went on, which I'm like, oh my God, how many times did I write shit down and not put the date (laughs) for crap? I'm like, it literally just happened. (laughs) Um, So it was not FDA approved at this time. Um, when it was first happening so Mm -hmm. he also had to confess he had to tell his patients like hey this is not fda approved yet so they had to have consent given that they were like hey guess what we're gonna give you this drug and we're gonna give you 500 bucks for doing it it was an incentive plan this was actually something being done here so that addicts could try to get to recovery Uh uh-huh so he ended up, um, he would give these naltrexone implants and there is a naltrexone shot for like immediate um, work. For, sorry, the implant was immediate. The shot would last for like this long amount of time. Okay. And it was used to treat opiate use disorder and alcohol use disorder. I actually okay. knew someone who used it. And if you actively drank or used it, you would get really sick. You would oh, feel pretty okay. sick. But what you would not get to happen was it works by blocking your opioid recept- receptors. Mm-hmm. So that in turn turns down all your the euphoric sensations, uh-huh. which is the point of why people do drugs. Yeah. But it was not meant to be used for those in active addiction. It was meant for recovery, recovery. to keep you on the path because you didn't have the desire. Because if you did, yeah, kinda, that makes if sense. If you slipped and had a drink or did your drug mm-hmm. of choice, you wouldn't feel anything. You'd be less likely to continue to use yeah. it. Yeah. But he was not doing that. He was knowingly giving these naltrexone implants and shots to active addicts. And so what he would end up doing was because these addicts would stay addicts and he knew that because of the simple fact that this drug would dull that effect. Uh So they would do more and more and more drugs. So it was easy to keep these types of people in rehab. This is a ring ring of garbage humans. Yeah. So I was just thinking, one, they just get sick all the time. Or they OD and die. Oh. So what ends up happening is he, these naltrexone tabs cost only um, 
25 to $60. Okay. And then the injections cost about $700 to $1,100. That's expensive. Okay. Um, so is that what he was billing insurance for, is all the injections? He charged $18,000 to insurance for one single one? injection. And then... How was that getting approved? Because... I don't even know. And I think it's because of the fact that, like, uh, it's... It's hard to explain, but these things are the way that medications are are charged. It's not even regulated the same way. Uh, They're like, oh, it's the cost of living. It's what this person is charging because we live here. Yeah. So um, then he would basically just convince these sick people Uh to multiple kinds of treatments that they needed that he would say that they needed like a ten thousand dollar mri oh my gosh like being put under full anesthesia to get a little implant put in which yeah that would hurt it's a local anesthetic a little slit and they jam yeah they jam a needle and it shoots in a little like a little bigger than a grain of rice is this little implant device Mm -hmm. it's gonna hurt um, but yeah. it's the same kind. Next planon women get. Yeah, for, um, I was just thinking. Yeah, like for birth control, birth control it's mm-hmm. the same thing. Testosterone implants, chemotherapy, mm-hmm. and the seeds. They're all like basically the same size. Yeah. So yeah, it's painful. But you don't need to be completely sedated. Yeah. But the amount of money that he would make for this. Then he would charge insurance for toxicology blood screenings and urinalysis uh-huh. that would be sent to his wife, wife yeah. Liza. And so he did 70 injections and those implants a day. So a remember, day? we're talking $18,000 for an injection 70 times a day. What? I'm just thinking how many yeah. that is an hour. It's unbelievable. If you and work an eight-hour workday. It ends up being over a million dollars nearly a day oh that he's charging between the implants and the shots that uh-huh. he can do. And the MRIs and the urinalysis and this insanity. Uh-huh. So they would pay the drug addicts in cash knowing they're going to leave and probably go take more drugs yeah. and end up in a treatment facility. So... One patient, her name was Carrie Solenberger. She had an implant put in her back. Mm -hmm. I find this super, super weird. Yeah. And I'm guessing it's probably Dr. Rosen's decision. Because then she was instructed by her addiction advocate, whisper, whisper, hey, complain about back pain. Oh, my God. Because then... Dr. Rosen can give you a shot and pain medication and Uh the cortisone shot will help the back pain. And he billed the insurance $87,000 for a cortisone shot in her back. What? Yep. That is insane. So in 2018... Um, so, okay, yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't write, because this is the problem having ADHD. All this in that. my brain, I lined it up the way I, like, this yeah, sounds good. I did that, too. So he had mine. been doing this for five years. So okay. he started in about 2013. Okay. In 2018, Brennan Berry, age 22, died from an overdose while implanted with Dr. Rosen's naltrexone. Mm-hmm. His mother was so happy and excited that her son wanted to get treatment. Uh-huh. And that she that it really seemed like he was going to stick to it. And so she had no problem. Their insurance was going to cover all of it. Uh-huh. So 
you know, at this point when she's looking through these papers, he had billed Brennan's insurance nearly $60,000 and he ended up getting $1,000 in cash from one of his appointments. Okay. Because he got his naltrexone implant Mm -hmm. and went out the same exact day afterwards. Okay. And overdosed and died. Oh, so it all happened back to back. Back to back. And so his mother wants Dr. Rosen to be charged with manslaughter because uh-huh. he knew better. Yeah. And I mean, I do definitely understand that. So his mother, again, went to CBS News. This isn't yeah. the FBI. This isn't a private. It's the news. It's Unfortunately. The news. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're the ones that care always, the most. Yeah. And have time. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's bullshit. The, well, they investigate. Yeah. Because so they have a lot more story. money behind them than the police care to do. Yeah. So, um... Investigations were done by CBS after the Brennan after Brennan's death. And, um, you know, his mother was like, something's going on. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she said she would have never sent him to Dr. Rosen had she known that he was going to give him cash. Because who gives a drug addict a thousand dollars in cash and doesn't think they're going to spend it on drugs? Yeah. Um, So. Of course. Everybody flips. Nobody wants to go to jail. So his, right. So his <laughs> body broker, who just goes by Schaefer, okay. um, flipped on him during these investigations and he gave up all of the, the um, all of these details. Mm-hmm. So this was so much, this man knew exactly what he's doing. And it's so crazy because of course he's super successful. And it's like, dude, you're obviously smart. Like why? It's so disgusting. This, yeah. No. So, because, <laughs> money. Because <sighs> of money. Yeah. It's like stressing Not me the people. Out. It's not helping. No, it it's, never is. No. So, this Schaefer said that um, Rosen had a fake marketing company. And the marketing company was where the cash overage went to and came out of. How they were paying off the patients in cash mm-hmm. came from marketing. And... The marketing employees were the body brokers. Okay. And so they had essentially a body brokering pyramid scheme. Yeah. Because he would pay these body brokers and their marketing company would then pay other addicts to bring in their friends. And, you know, people at their homeless camp. It's just taking advantage of everybody Mm -hmm. because... Yeah, tell they're the any most vulnerable. A- yeah, vulnerable. <laughs> tell any drug vulnerable. addict, hey, if you go to this doctor, he'll give you a thousand dollars or five hundred dollars. Any drug addict's going to do that. Yeah, and it's sad because they're just being taken advantage of at their most ridiculous, low, sad, yeah. the in the most ridiculous circumstances mm-hmm. in treatment, and mm-hmm. it's just it's so so sad. So it took two years and in July of 2020 he pled not guilty to his 88 felony fraud charges. Um, But he got denied bail because he was a millionaire and uh-huh. he was a flight risk. But lucky for him he ended up getting COVID really bad. And mm-hmm. so instead of having to be put in jail with the general population because there was a huge COVID outbreak here in the prisons in mm-hmm. California he got house arrest in his giant mansion. <laughs> Bought with that. stolen money yeah. and dead drug yeah. addicts. It's heartbreaking wow. and bullshit. So 
Um, he had it. He had his ankle monitor on, and he got to stay in his huge mansion. Boohoo! What a punishment! Ridiculous. And in um August on August twelfth, he did end up pleading guilty, and he and was sentenced to ten years. And his girlfriend, uh, Liza Vismanos, she sorry, it was his girlfriend, not his wife. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, pled guilty and ended up having most of her charges dropped, and she only ended up with one year's house arrest in that mansion. Oh my god! And I'm guessing it's probably because he was the one probably, probably doing it, just sending work it. her way. Sure, yeah, exactly for her company. So I yeah. don't think there was enough of a involvement um, on her yeah, behalf. Yeah, and the thing is, uh. If they were married, she wouldn't have been charged at all because in the state of California, you can't testify against, against your spouse. spouse. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucked <I> up. <laughs> it is. So, yeah, it's just, it's so gross. So here's another one. This one has a little bit more, um, some more details specifically from um, a, re- a recovered addict. And oh, okay. So in 2000, sorry, <laughs> my stomach's been doing weird stuff. I just like, <laughs> had a weird hiccup burp. In December 2014 in um, Delray Beach, Florida, that almost caught me up. The FBI raids a home of Eric Snyder. Okay. He's 30 years old and he's the owner and operator of two separate treatment facilities. One of them is called Real Life Recovery. And then he has a sober living home called Halfway There. Okay. Um, what a cute name. I know. That's sad. And so um, we... Uh, it's hilarious because I've actually lived in a house halfway house before mm-hmm. <laughs> because my mom's best friend had she was a manager of one and it was uh-huh. a really nice place. Everybody yeah. was really nice. Everybody <laughs> was clean. It was actually really fun <laughs> because it wasn't a shithole. Yeah, you know, it wasn't a scam. It wasn't this gross. It was legitimate. It was a yeah. legitimate. Yeah, it was a really nice place. <laughs> it's funny. What an experience. <laughs> um, so he ended up profiting. $18 million in about five years as well from nearly $59 million in fraudulent insurance billings. Wow. Now, all of this information came from uh, a patient called um, named Dylan Katz. Mm-hmm. And his first experience, he said, when he got to um, halfway there, mm-hmm. he was met by a man that was had no... his. The manager of this house had no shirt on, was profusely sweating, which is drugs. Drugs, yeah. (laughs) And he went under the house, dragged out a dirty, filthy mattress, gave it to Dylan and said, here you go. This is your bed. Go find a spot on the floor. No way. So... His mother, she lived in Bonton Beach, Florida. Same Florida. Same Florida. Same same state. (laughs) His mom was really, really... She was not concerned because she didn't have to pay for anything, but she did not understand why she had so many explanation of benefits papers. Uh Uh-huh. I'm not sure if this is a thing outside of the United States, but that's just our breakdown. It's an insurance Mm -hmm. receipt. They're letting you know. It's a proof of what your insurance paid for so you can have it visually and you keep it in case you have to um, claim things or dispute things. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I get them constantly. It's unbelievable. You'll get them for everything. Prescription, everything. everything. It's ridiculous. And it's annoying. It's a waste of paper. It is. I think. Like, email it to me. (laughs) I have mine set up for paperless. Yeah. I think if I do, I'll forget about it. That's probably why I don't do it. Yeah. So she was looking through her explanation of benefits papers, and she noticed that her son, her, 
was given five-year analysis tests that ended up costing $9,500. Oh, my gosh. So she's like, wow, I understand why these places, like, you know, places have to make money. But Mm -hmm. she's like, I can see why these people are doing this. It's so easy to do. Because medical crap in the United States is so expensive. That's how it flies under the radar. Yeah. I think... um, when I was a kid, I had to have a bunch of MRIs done, and I remember seeing the bills, and they were thousands back then. Yeah. And we had double insurance. We had two government insurance. My mm-hmm. Both my parents worked for the state. My dad's retired from the Army, so we had um, Blue Cross Blue Shield, which was good back then, mm-hmm. and then the state insurance, and I remember it being so expensive. Yeah. Just have crazy, a baby so. and take oh, a look at yeah. that bill. Yeah. I was like, whoa. I think my C-section was like $20,000. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I think a Band-Aid costs $10 in the United States. No Tylenol, <laughs> just to get it, or no, not Tylenol. I had um gotten a ibuprofen, a Motrin. It's like seventy five dollars. Yeah, it's ridiculous because <laughs> <laughs> they had to put on five pairs of gloves to open the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> so this is when she starts getting suspicious. She's getting mm-hmm. suspicious because she's getting so many of these explanation of benefits. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Dylan was really smart and he left that treatment facility. Oh, good, I was like because. Don't what was happening is he was saying that <clears throat> they would have some group meetings. They were really disorganized. It was basically a facade. Like, look, we all got together. Yeah. They were probably all shooting up. Like yeah. he said, it was really bad. They were all really unhealthy. They were actively using in the uh-huh. halfway, just like you said. Yeah. You just see it. There's, It's nothing. Uh-huh. It's just a place to come back and fall asleep on a dirty mattress on the floor. Yep. And he said that during these group meetings, they were constantly filled with these <laughs> addiction advocates. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would offer him and the other residents anything. Gift cards, cash, trip to sl- strip clubs. That's one what? thing I was like, what? Drugs, oh my alcohol, gosh. basically anything they wanted to get them to leave the halfway house to go to their partnering treatment facility to restart the insurance and billing. They would do this to the point where like they would leave this one treatment facility when you're done and immediately be recommended to another facility. They're not done. They need to be recommended Uh, to this facility down to these headhunters at freaking Alcoholics Anonymous. They'd pay $200 a per per person and they would go to Alcoholics Anonymous and like, I wrote this I'm like, in quotes. quotes. It's so rude. They told them specifically, like, the managers of local hotels to call them when it looked like a crackhead checked oh in. Oh, my gosh. And these managers would do it. Oh my and because it's cash, there's no paper trail. The managers, there's nothing. I'm it's sure not, they're just thinking that, like, oh, we're, they're we're helping. Help. We're yeah. just getting them help. Yeah, sure. We, that's what we'd that's like to horrible. think. horrible. But, yeah, it's really sick. It's like so sick. It's like the other thing was bad enough because they were not alive. These people are alive. Yeah. Some of them are not anymore. That's and it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. So <laughs> again, not even the police. He got busted by the IRS. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Too much Tax money. Fraud? Do your taxes, people. <laughs> yeah. So the one of the things that would happen was that his informants would say that he would charge a full month even if the patient was released on like the first or second they oh. would get billed for the full month of treatment and he also had shitty dirty corrupt counselors mm-hmm. that would sign off on therapy sessions that didn't, that didn't get happen, happen. so oh, they would all gosh. get billed for them because again Part of their probation and stuff is you have to do mandatory counseling, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Well, you can't make money off of them if they're in jail. Yeah. 
It's sick. It's so That's gross. crazy. So basically, nobody's hands were clean in this. Everybody knew. I'm sure that hotel manager knew. Yeah. It's so gross. So he was arrested in July of 2017. So it took a few years. It's crazy okay. how long it takes. I get it. But um, and he ended up being sentenced to 10 years and he had to pay $24 million in restitution. Wow. to some of the past clients again it's really sad because not everybody gets money you have to come forward yeah your family you have to have proof you <clears throat> have to testify mm-hmm. and if you don't so that it didn't say um what like who it went through so mm-hmm. um basically his three other conspirators who were also working for him like they all do the same thing these like fake marketing companies they because they flipped on him but they also they got a much leaner sentence because more lenient mm-hmm. sentence because of the fact that they were actively in drug use. Oh, so they okay. were so also they were just being manipulated and for sure yeah. and being paid in cash. Yeah, to, to do the dirty work. <laughs> yes, kind of. Yeah, super gross. So <clears throat> I only have one more of this. It's it's just ridiculous. So when I looked this up, um, I was super surprised because the very first article I actually got was um, Dr. Ikukur Muhammad of the Inspire Malibu Clinic. Mm-hmm. He was being praised for and given like all these accolades. Everybody loved him because he was one of the first people that was given the um, the certification to give the very first um, like ketamine treatments oh, okay. for depression. Uh-huh. Yes, people, if you know what it is, that ketamine, like falling yeah. in a K-hole club mm-hmm. drug. But this one is like an off of um, ketamine. It's called Spravato and it's um like called e-ketamine and it's like a lesser it's okay. the same thing it's, but yeah. um, ketamine was originally a tranquilizer meant for chimpanzees and horses so mm-hmm. it's like for mammals and so this one is they try to say it's not the same but it's the same mm-hmm. they tried to make it fancy and medical and not veterinarian yeah. medicine <laughs> so anyway um, the problem is he this drug it works Mm -hmm. it works for people i've heard amazing things just like with micro dosing Mm -hmm. that's what we're gonna say on that but if you're an active drug user you can't be given ketamine no you You can't be given a drug to a drug yeah so this is what he ended up doing he did the same exact thing that eric snyder did um he had this like faux marketing company that would recruit these patients to get these really expensive treatment a brand new treatment trial drug of these ketamine um and he would charge seventy thousand dollars to the insurance company for these shots that's crazy and uh, he actually paid pretty well apparently he paid his body brokers like uh, between five to ten thousand dollars to be divided between the marketing company uh-huh. um so it's the exact same thing as That's Eric crazy. Snyder. These mm-hmm. shitty rehab facilities. Oh, it's disgusting. It's so sad. So he ended up being arrested and he was sentenced to only 15 months for medical fraud. Wow. And it's just the same thing. It's ridiculous. And like. um, But they're getting away with murder. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like. Just because nobody's family came forward and is like, my son OD'd because you gave him these drugs. Mm -hmm. I guarantee the amount of blood on these people's hands is so disgusting. So just like how I was like this, I don't I don't want this to discourage anyone from getting treatment. Like Mm -hmm. absolutely seek the treatment. Anyone who's listening, 
We love yes. you. It's okay. Get treatment. Yeah. It's fine. Everyone will forgive you if you can forgive yourself and get yourself help and self-care. Mm-hmm. Do not let it discourage you. But please, like, friends and family, look up these places. You yeah. have to see them in person. You mm-hmm. cannot just go on good faith. And I know not everybody has the capability to, like, fly out of state because they tend to take patients out of state because then you don't have the same um, support system or the the resources around exactly, you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And for places that are good, if they don't want the same people that are mm-hmm. um, enabling you yeah, or persuading you. you. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's a normal thing. But, mm-hmm. like, ask for a Zoom meeting and a tour. Yeah. You need a visualization of who works there. Say, I want to be introduced to at least the main members of staff like you have to be vigilant i know Mm -hmm. it's like a super stressful situation but that's how these things happen a lot more stressful if it was this going on and it's it check those insane explanations of benefits as well because so many of us i'm like i know what this is i'm just gonna i know (laughs) i'm just gonna put it aside yeah yeah don't do that yeah (laughs) because that's how these assholes get away with stuff it's so Mm -hmm. sick it's such a vulnerable population it's so sad and because of the amount of people down here like i cannot even imagine mm-hmm. how many of these places exist yeah that's crazy it's i know like much. it's so sad yeah i know and that's only three out of like i kept seeing them but it's also again just like the body brokering it's all coming up right now mm-hmm. this is like actively a thing that they are really investigating and they're going mm-hmm. through more regulations where you can't just pop up a shitty halfway house anymore. Yeah. So they're trying. But that people don't realize it takes like years. <laughs> I remember what happened to that Excuse house. Me. What, happened? Um, what happened? It caught on fire because they so were trying crack to Crackhead left a meth pipe Yeah, out. I'm pretty sure that's yes. what it is. But um, they were using their, their oven as a heater or something like mm. that. And something caught on fire. <laughs> And so, yes, that's yeah, what they it was. Were it's, this was years ago. drugs on the gas stove yeah. is probably what happened. So, um, oh, gosh. so, yeah, I remember it caught on fire, but they were able to put it out. I wasn't here when it caught on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I lived here, but I think I was, like, at my yeah. mom's house or something. And um, so they had to, like, Yikes. take everything out. But, yeah, so then it was no longer a halfway house. <laughs> but now it's, like, just been up for rent and then yeah, cause my, a couple um, times. Yeah, my neighbor, before we moved in here... Uh, she was looking for like a house to rent too, and I was like, "Hey, girl, there's a place." And then yeah. she let me know she was like, "They're charging like twenty six hundred dollars, crazy for that place." Like, yeah, we are so small. lucky for what our landlords <laughs> mm-hmm. charge us. Yeah, that one did have two bathrooms though. Oh, that's right. Well, Fucking still jerks, not that yeah, much. no, not that's ridiculous. Yeah, because these <sighs> houses are small. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was interesting. I have heard mm. of some some of that, but um, yeah. it, more so with the opioid um crisis where they were charging insurance and stuff for mm-hmm. opiates mm-hmm. when they were just fueling the drug crisis or yeah. the, the opiate crisis so yeah and it's really it's really really sad as well because um you know of course anybody can get addicted to anything mm-hmm. uh, it's just really really sad because now because of this and i'm not blaming addicts i'm blaming doctors mm-hmm. like um it the people who need those things can't get them now yeah and like i need I don't necessarily need like Xanax, but we both have panic disorders yeah. and it is impossible to, you have to be having the most severe panic attacks every single day mm-hmm. to get anything that you possibly yeah. could need. Like, and it, I've had these prescriptions in the past. Mm-hmm. I have zero history of abuse with that, but like the doctors, it's just so crazy to the I point know. where my, um, my old psychiatrist office actually had like a paper printed oh, out really? that was like, 
none of the doctors prescribe benzodiazepams here. Really? Yeah. And pretty much to get those kinds of things, you, I'm surprised when general practitioner, anyone outside of your general physician, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just talked myself out of breath. (laughs) um, They're usually the ones that will prescribe it now because most psychiatrists and stuff are pretty hands off because they're the ones that were getting in trouble. Yeah. I have panic disorder, so I do have frequent panic attacks. And, um, and so I was able to get, it's not Xanax, it's Ativan, which mm-hmm. is different. It's not like, it's addictive Is it or whatever. still a benzo? I think so. It's in that. It's the diazepam that, family. I think it's in that family. And so Jack went, it was a new prescription and Jack went to go pick it up and they were, he was like, man, they were like side eyeing me and stuff. And he was like, it's mm. for my wife. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what this is. You just, she just got it and she yeah. needs it. Yeah. And they you know obviously they have to give it to him it was prescribed for me but yeah yeah he was like man what was this stuff i'm like i don't know it's what my it's it's my just in case and i've mm-hmm. what i've i'm so nervous <laughs> i have a panic attack it. about taking it for a panic attack because it's just it. so scary I I, mm-hmm. I I know it's one of those but yeah. i've only what did i take that first time i'm supposed like to take like one it, I think, or something? I'm supposed to take one and i was like oh lick it <laughs> like, i'm so scared <laughs> <The> salt lick <laughs> no i totally get it um when I used to have a prescription of a of a diazepam, it mm-hmm. was um, because Xanax is a brand name, uh-huh. you know. So, uh, it was I was the same way, but doctors just don't want to believe you. I'm like, this is a one a one milligram tablet, and I would take a quarter. I yeah, and they don't prescribe less than half. They they don't prescribe yeah. less than point five. And I was like, I don't need that much. Yeah, but I they don't like, believe you. They don't I care. Took, I took a quarter, and it didn't do anything, and I still had a panic attack because <laughs> you need to take the whole <laughs> I thing. To take it all, and I'm just scared. I'm, I, I still it. haven't. It's been over a year, and I still. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> That's how bad my panic attacks are. I have a panic attack about medication. <laughs> about I'm medication so scared about medication. <laughs> it sucks. So. I've had so many reactions. Me too. I just. That's what I'm currently dealing. I push it. I just, I just deal with it. Yeah, that's been a long time. But yeah, if you're struggling, do get help (laughs) and just make sure that it's from legitimate. It's worth it to yourself. Yes, love yourself. Don't do it for anybody else because then it's a lot harder to be successful for Mm -hmm. you. Nobody can do it for you but you. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee there is someone that loves you and wants you to get help and be happy and healthy. And so do we. Yes, we do. I just got the goosebumps for you. I'm such a baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, stay crafty. And not cry me. Bye. Bye.